modern theology is driven by Enlightenment commitments. Mm -hmm. Even postmodernism is still part of modernism. Yeah, I've always heard the postmodern yeah. is the most modern. Yeah, yeah. It's the most turned inward. <laughs> so uh, if we're to understand what's going on, uh, we need to be students of books, including these books. So uh, get out there and read, read, read. <laughs> Welcome back to Roundtable, a podcast produced by Mid-America Reform Seminary. I'm Jared Luchibor. Thank you for joining us. In this brief episode, Dr. Beach continues the discussion on important books to read before seminary, this time uh, directing prospective theology students to books on philosophy, modern theology, and the history of doctrine. Check this out. Well, uh, the biblical theological is uh, very enriching and has much to tell us, and it's a deep field. And as you said, with some of those textbooks, uh, the beginning student might not fully grasp all that he's getting, but if he comes to seminary with some background in that, he'll definitely, with the next go-around, mm -hmm. uh, greatly benefit. Another area instead of books we could consider is more uh, philosophical background mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Christian perspective on uh, our engagement with culture and certainly systematic theology and history of doctrine. One place I would begin is, oddly, is that students read Introduction to Reform Scholasticism mm -hmm. Uh, by William J. Van Alselt and others. Uh, Van Alselt's now deceased, unfortunately, a great Reformation scholar, post-Reformation scholar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, why, ooh, really? Schol Reform scholasticism? Because <laughs> uh, we know the history of bad press with that and all sorts of caricatures. But no less a figure than Paul Tillich said this, about Protestant orthodoxy, scholasticism, that it is the abutment against which the bridge of all later Protestant theology leans. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to understand Burkhoff or Herman Bovink, or really yeah. the history of a discussion of theological ideas, when I'm talking, you know, through the whole medieval period forward, uh, if you understand reform scholasticism, then you start understanding the categories of theology. Mm -hmm. even, even before we began recording, we talked about a book of Richard Muller, Dictionary of oh, yeah. Greek and Latin theological terms drawn from, you know, scholastic sources. Yeah, which is a huge education in and of itself. Every theological student needs to own that book devour that book, read over and over again the definitions of that book. I always, I always tease mm -hmm. students, if you could master, truly master, virtually memorize that book at a presbytery or classical <laughs> exam, you could correct the questioner yeah, in the manner yeah. in which he asks the question <laughs> and you know, utterly yeah. blow them away with the, the, the precise definitions. But... Um, Actually, 
what this gets into is a history of theological discussion and definition mm-hmm. and use of terms so that you're brought up. If you have to learn a language, you need to know its vocabulary and and so forth. And that's true theologically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kind of presupposed in back of that is a philosophical understanding. And I think a lot of theological students today struggle with systematic theology and history of dogma because they don't have much philosophical uh, background. That was my that was uh, my weak uh, major weakness yes. for me. So I in. did come armed with for the student who wasn't a philosophy major or maybe has never taken a course in philosophy. These aren't by Christian authors, but they're very informative. Mm-hmm. A very mm-hmm. easy book, well, Philosophy is never easy, but an entertaining book on philosophy by Donald Palmer looking at philosophy. The unbearable heaviness. The unbearable heaviness of philosophy made lighter. (laughs) You'll notice the edition I have here is a fifth edition, which speaks well of the book. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, illustrated throughout I've I've always actually entertained the idea of uh, producing a theology book in the same sort of uh, method. You get to have character drawings of famous theologians and some of their screwy <laughs> ideas. This is a very mm. – I can't think of a single book that I would put into the hands of a student aspiring to go to seminary mm-hmm. above this one, as especially for someone with no philosophical background – there's others of this sort, uh, philosophy for beginners. This is by Richard Osborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond introductory texts like that, if you want to get into a heavier, uh, more scholarly styled text, this is in a sixth edition that I have. Uh, Stumpf, uh, mm-hmm. Samuel Enoch Stumpf's uh, Socrates de Sartre, A History of Philosophy. Uh, this will be heavier sledding. So, but students, uh, they need, especially in the area of dogmatics mm-hmm. and history of doctrine, they, they great they and apologetics as well. Uh, they greatly benefit from having some philosophical background. You know, and in both of those categories, in in uh, in, in philosophy and in Protestant scholastic backgrounds, as they relate to classes in dogmatics and apologetics exactly as you mentioned i mean that that was that almost made me think i made a mistake going to seminary when all of a sudden i was being bombarded with these philosophical categories which were agitating me because i i had done so little to really prepare myself now i may have had a little harsher of a of a of a reaction to it than than a lot of students i don't see a lot of our students even those who don't have the same um you know, or who are similar to me and not having much philosophy. I don't always see them being as agitated as I feel like I was. But but after it sort of broke through that point where I realized um, that theology is not done in a vacuum, in a philosophical yeah. vacuum, and, and it clicked for me. Well, I, we humorously tell the story here at uh, Mid-America of a student uh, who had heard enough of a background, a Kant lecture, some of Kant's ideas, mm. and 
he once uh, left class because he just can't stand it anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but it. Why did the professor have to keep coming back to Kant because he's such a pivotal player for modern theology? And if you don't understand his mm-hmm. basic uh, argument and what he was after, but if you can have this sort of background, it greatly helps. Um, mm-hmm. A heavy book, a five-volume set, The History of Western Philosophy by uh, W.T. Jones is maybe one of the better mm-hmm. uh, sets of uh, history of philosophies. Of course, there's Father Copleston, who produced a, a massive history of philosophy. I, I read a lot of his volumes mm-hmm. uh, in that area as well. Um, as far as also preparing the student to come to seminary with some background in the history of doctrine, of course, mm-hmm. I would recommend Burkhoff's History of Christian Doctrine oh, sure. as, as a, a standard sort of intro. Uh, Burkhoff's work is not a critical, uh, highly scholarly work. It's mm-hmm. a fairly mm-hmm. competent, accurate work. But if you want something that gets more into particularly modern theology, and that's where students seem, their eyes seem to glaze over yeah. uh, once again because they can't grasp these philosophical uh, background that drives the movement. But James C. Livingston has a two-volume set on modern Christian thought. Mm-hmm. This This will be too hard for most students starting out, but... It's like you were saying with uh, Ritter Boss and Boss and so on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, though you don't grasp all of it right away, you start to get the lay of the land. Uh, perhaps uh, an easier book for modern theology is mm, a right. volume pr- produced by Stan Grins and Roger Olson. Uh, these aren't uh, Reformed authors as such, but... That's part of going to seminary is you read all sorts of authors. (laughs) But this will introduce you to Kant and Hegel and Schleiermacher and Ritchell, to Bart Bruner, Boltman, Niebuhr, to Tillich, to Process Theology, uh, Moltmann, Ponenberg, Bonhoeffer. I mean, all the Rahner, Kuhn, Liberation Theology. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is a very helpful, manageable volume for students. It doesn't seem that so much of what's going on in, you know, so-called progressive Christianity or so-called liberal Christianity. Again, Machen called it Christianity and liberalism, so I'm not trying to, you know, do anything different there. But but so many of those impulses are born out of so many of these philosophical commitments. And so that— Again, having a, a background, it, you can actually talk with progressives now um, intelligently rather than just rip your hair out about why they're not just believing the Bible. <laughs> there's there's philosophical systems at work, and knowing those you know, really, uh, really can give a good understanding toward why they're concerned with the things they're concerned with. Indeed. And uh, the, the, the whole project of modern theology— is driven by Enlightenment commitments. Mm-hmm. Even postmodernism is still part of modernism. Yeah, I've always heard the postmodern yeah. is the most modern. Yeah, yeah. It's the most turned inward. <laughs> so uh, if we're to understand what's going on, uh, we need to be students of books. 
including these books. So uh, get out there and read, read, read. <laughs> Well, next week, Dr. Beach and Reverend Compton round out this discussion on books by talking about various volumes of systematic theology and biblical interpretation or hermeneutics. Thank you for taking this moment out of your day to join us for this brief episode of Roundtable. For more podcast episodes, you can find us on sermonaudio.com as Mid-America Reformed Seminary. You can look us up on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, even Overcast and Podcast Addict. Be sure to search Mid-America Reformed Seminary. I'm Jared Luchibor. Till next time.